So we are back after a very long hiatus, and we are under a new name. Instead of The Flock, it is now Central Podcasting Unit. It's a very good pun, Jason. So it's good to talk to you again after a while. Um, yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah. So um, as usual, we are your hosts, Uru and Jason. We'll work on the coordination for that in the future. Um, yeah <laughs> and welcome to central podcasting unit so we have a lot to talk about because we've been gone for so long and the world has still continued to spin so um what is the what are some of the big things that you've been keeping track of that have occurred um there's been quite a lot of happenings around apple um several security exploits and um, some more leaks again from Apple um, along with some other products and announcements from other companies but for the most part it's all Apple <laughs> yeah so this those security exploits I saw something about how Thunderbolt ports can be compromised I don't know uh, I, I think it was applying to a lot of devices, so that would include the yeah, new it, MacBook that I just got. So that's yeah. a rip. Um, yeah. Uh, so personal update for me is that I got a current edition 2020 13-inch MacBook Pro, and so far I'm I'm enjoying it very much. I think the keyboard is much better than the butterfly keyboard. And it's been durable so far. No dust has caused any problems. And I like the touch bar. Although, like, I have mixed feelings about it because it's pretty underutilized. But I think it's, it's at least easy to use, even if it doesn't have a very defined purpose. I, yeah. I like to be able to do some controls more quickly. Yeah. Although I think yeah. it's, it, the reason that it's flawed is that sometimes it is just a lot easier and it's more instinctual to use keyboard shortcuts. So there are some things that yeah. are just difficult to do with keys that are useful. Like there are some controls, yeah. um, like if for this FaceTime call right now, I have touch bar controls for ending the call if you get too annoying or turning my camera off <laughs> or muting it so um, it's just nice as a, like a status bar information kind of thing with some quick shortcuts yeah and i yeah. Even... I, I could i could see it be, being very useful in um a lot of like side scrolling applications right. such as like video editing or audio work yeah where you've just got just more than the width of the screen worth of items mm -hmm. so just being able to just scroll back and forth really easy without having to two finger swipe yeah would be really really useful and it, even though i don't have one i'm yeah. still on the first generation magic keyboard uh, yeah so um and, and one instance where the touch bar helps for like everyday things is scrolling between safari tabs you can just sort of like drag, yeah, drag along i can see that pretty good and probably my first my uh, personal favorite feature of the touch bar is the ability to select emojis because um, that's something that I've always had trouble with on the Mac and you uh, mentioned something about this on Twitter how there's an app that you can download called Rocket and I used to have that yeah. on my old MacBook Air but um, the touch bar makes it even simpler because you can just uh, 
select them easily or just type the name of an emoji and it shows up as an autocorrect option. So, yeah. And it's also just cool. Like right now, I'm just messing around, like swiping around on the um, emoji screen, and it's fun to watch the emojis <laughs> go by. Um, so, yeah. So, there are some practical and some just fun uses for it. And I also really yeah. like the trackpad on the MacBook Pro. It's a, a bit of a weird feeling at first because of how it's not physically moving, it's just haptic feedback. But once you get used to it, it's yeah. very nice. Yeah, yeah, because you came from a 2013 MacBook Air, yeah, right? It was very old. <laughs> that is quite a bit of a jump. <laughs> yeah, I went through the process of wiping the drive and resetting it, and what happened was that I didn't. I, I should have updated it to Catalina before I did that, but what happened was because I was still on Mojave on that Mac, it reverted to the OS that it had when it shipped, so it was on either Snow Leopard or Mountain Lion. And Ooh. from there, I had to jump to El Capitan, and then from El Capitan, I could go to Catalina. And yeah, was... I've, I've done that once before with my current Mac, and it went all the way back to Maverick. Oh, dang. I feel like I remember that. was that. a pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, one other thing about the touch bar, you can customize what happens when you press and hold the function key. So I, I didn't know oh, about did this. Know I um, had seen in like the keynote ex explanation how if you hold the function key, it shows up with the regular function keys like F1, F2, etc. And you can customize that. So what I have it set to is when I press the function key, it shows me the regular control strip. So like the brightness controls, the keyboard backlight controls, the playback stuff. And it's like the buttons that you normally see at the top of a keyboard. Um, so they don't have the same role as F1, F2 keys, but they have the um, system controls. So it's nice to be able to access those uh, quickly. Yeah, I think that would be more useful for me than than the function row. I've yes. maybe used it once or twice ever. Yeah, I can't think so. of any real uses for it, except, okay, there's one thing. Whenever I'm using Minecraft, in order to check your coordinates on the uh, map, yeah, yeah, you, you, pre that. you press function and then F3. <laughs> but that's the only use I've ever had for function keys. Yeah. So overall, I'm really happy with it. It's um, it's basically, like, there's nothing spectacular about it that would set it apart from um, the other laptops on the market, but it takes it back to what you'd expect an Apple laptop to be. And I think the main yeah. draw of Apple's computers has always been Mac OS. I, I, I think that basically there are no lo there's no longer a big downside to getting a Mac. Previously, it would have been the keyboard. And uh, yeah. now it's pretty much nothing. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. The speakers are good. The ports are good. I had to get an adapter for my um, display and my uh, keyboard, my external keyboard. But, uh, like, I, I am not living in dongle hell. There's only one uh, dongle that I have to own. So uh, I'm really sad. Did you get the one that it was, like, the HDMI and the... USB one from yes. Apple, or did you uh, go third party? It was third party, but it's similar to the Apple one. It's just not as expensive. Ah. So it has a USB-A port, a USB-C port for like pass-through power, and an HDMI port. Um, ah, nice. I, I also really like the uh, Touch ID sensor. It's much quicker to sign in with that because on my Air, I had yeah. nothing like that. The closest thing was if I unlocked with my Apple Watch, but 
I've not been wearing my watch as much lately because like there's no point in tracking my steps when I'm not moving more than a hundred feet per day. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, also one one problem with the new MacBook Pros is that the headphone jack is on the right side instead of the left side, and I'm never gonna get over that. That's just <laughs> uh, it makes me cringe. <laughs> Well, why don't we keep going with this uh, MacBook Pro talk and talk about the weird two-port <laughs> MacBook Pro. Um, I see in the which podcast notes. has no reason to exist. <laughs> yeah, I see in the podcast notes you call it the MacBook Pro Lite, and that's exactly yes. what it is. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. It's Yeah, like, it's no. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a zombified version of an air where you just like combine bits of the the good pro and the air and then you just have something sitting in the middle it, it doesn't really make sense i, I wish yeah. that they would go back to the simplicity of having like one laptop for pros one laptop for regular consumers and like that famous grid um, product matrix that steve jobs created where it's very simple to see which laptop is for which people but now, when I talk to people who are asking, yeah. like, what's the best laptop to get? Well, it, it really depends on a lot more than just, are you a pro or a more traditional user? It's about a whole lot of other things. Like previously, you'd have to say, well, if you get the one that's for the pros, you have to deal with the terrible keyboard and you have to balance your processing needs with the design of the device. And it's it was really weird. Now it's a little bit simpler, but this is just like it doesn't make sense in the lineup this, the yeah. macbook pro Lite has no reason for existing and previously it didn't even have a touch bar i think it does now but it was yeah, two, US, so. yeah, two USB C ports and then no touch bar and it was like if you added an extra port to the 12 inch macbook kind of and kind of yeah, yeah. it's not exactly like that it's hard, it's hard to make any comparison because it was unique enough that you can't just say it well it's like this but with a minor change but it, it, yeah. it was not um, unique enough to give itself a good place in the lineup so yeah they and i, I went it. yeah and i went through and i compared the 1300 macbook pro with two thunderbolt 3 ports with the macbook air of the same price the only two places that the macbook pro would be the macbook air the touch bar if you're into that and a slightly faster processor yeah and i even see with your comparison here it has twice the storage the air would have twice the storage yes that's twice the storage and faster ram <laughs> yeah that's... and i don't i honestly i don't even know who would be doing this because you shouldn't be doing this but the 2020 MacBook Air can power the Pro Display XDR, but the MacBook Pro Lite cannot. Wait, seriously? Yep. Why is the MacBook that? Air can power the Pro Display, but not the two-port MacBook Pro? Why is that though? Is there a reason for that? Um, I don't know what their thinking was behind it. I don't know who's who is using a MacBook Air with a Pro Display XDR. Like, you're, pl you're paying for a display that costs 
literally three times, three to four times as much as your computer. <laughs> but it, I don't know who's I, doing that. I wonder but if it's some you technical can. difference. Like, is there something with the actual devices themselves that prevents it from powering the uh, display? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, the the MacBook Air supports display stream compression, which allows you to power the Pro Display. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just like, uh, typically, a display of that size, you'd power with two display ports. Um, but Apple has decided to do it with just one. Mm -hmm. um, so they're compressing it a little bit. Um, so basically, they're sending two display port signals through one cable, <laughs> um, which allows them to do that. But you cannot do that with the MacBook Pro. That's I don't know why. not professional. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I had no idea that they were that similar at those price points. So you make an even more compelling case. Um, yeah, it is wow. not right. <laughs> um, wow. So what do you think of the iPhone SE? I think it is probably one of the best phones Apple has made recently even though it is a part spin phone. Yeah, I, I agree with that um, description of it being part spin because it doesn't really bring anything unique, but that's kind of the point. Like it, people yeah. often expect something massively innovative out of Apple every time because of their track record of having those big um, industry changing successes. But like you can't expect that year over year it does take time and, yeah. I, and I think the SE is an example of something that's made for um, your everyday consumer who doesn't necessarily care about having the best technology it's the best balance of technology with price so um, yeah I know some people are upset about it not having a four inch screen but I think that would make it less accessible to more, like a wider range of consumers I think that yeah. you're able to reach more people if you have the 4.7 inch body so even though there are some yeah. people who'd want want it smaller and maybe those were a lot of the people who liked the original se i think that some people are would uh not want to buy a four inch se but they would want yeah what like the screen size that is more familiar to them so yeah. um and and it would probably cost quite a bit more to to manufacture because you would have yeah. to be going back not just like last generation, but like two or three generations ago yeah. to get to that form factor. Right, right. So, so yeah, it would be a lot more to manufacture. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think the SE is good. You mentioned in the notes it doesn't have haptic touch on the lock screen and for notifications. I, I'm actually used to this. So when I saw the news about it and I saw that everybody was getting mad at Apple over it, I was like, wait, I'm, I already know, uh, like I'm already used to this because I've turned off 3D touch on my iPhone 7 for a while now because yeah. I just feel like using haptic touch instead. And I've noticed that it doesn't let me pop into notifications on the lock screen and I've just been dealing with it. But um, for somebody who's used to being able to use 3D touch on it, like if you had an iPhone 10 or whatever, um, then I can see how it would make uh, it, it would be a bit of an inconvenience. Uh, I don't yeah. know why they don't allow it though. It doesn't make any sense because when a notification yeah. banner comes in, like if I'm just if I have the phone open and I get a message, I can have to touch the notification and see 
what it says, but I can't do it on the, on the lock screen. So I agree it's bad design. Yeah. It's just not something that I was personally mad at. Yeah. And yeah, because haptic touch is, it's the replacement through for 3D touch. And I, it doesn't really make a lot of sense why they wouldn't include it because it, it seems to work partially on your eight, right? On a seven. Yeah, yes, seven. It, it, does, seven. it does work partially in some situations, but not others. Yeah, so maybe then it's the, maybe it's like that partial working, it's like partially working on the SE, like not on the lock screen, but when you get a notification when it's unlocked. Right, I think it is. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, like, but even like my 11 doesn't have 3D touch, but I can do it on the lock screen. I can do it on oh, app really? icons and okay. stuff. Right, yeah. So, on the SE, you can do it pretty much everywhere except the lock screen, I think. Um, it, it was that specific weird. lock screen behavior that was making people mad. But it does support yeah. haptic touch in most situations from what I understand. That That's good then. Yeah. I think haptic touch is better than 3D touch just because you, even agree. though 3D touch is technically more versatile by a little bit because you, it like it adds the extra dimension um like yeah. nobody actually used it like developers wouldn't really give it any purpose that you couldn't yeah. already accomplish with a long press like there were very few situations where long pressing and 3d touching were two distinct actions you could just yeah. it was just a faster long press so I think that yeah. the the main area where it, the iPhone suffers from a lack of 3D touch is on the lock uh, on the home screen when you're trying to rearrange apps. It's a little bit annoying, but that's always, yeah. that's always been but, frustrating. Yeah. yeah, but they did add in that rearrange app icons to the right um, to the 3D touch well haptic touch menu. <laughs> yeah, so, so that that is better. Um, yeah. Speaking of iOS, what are you looking forward to about iOS 14? I don't really have any expectations um, based on the, the rumors. Um, the biggest one that I've seen, which is widgets, I wouldn't really have a use for. Yeah, I know on Android, that's kind of like the thing that everybody uses, but I don't really see a use for it. Like, I get why it's cool, but like, it's just easy enough to open an app. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Or like, haptic touch on it and get to whatever area of the app if they support that app. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it just has really the potential to uh, remove some simplicity from iOS. Although I think it should still be an option. Yeah. Like, I personally would probably not use many widgets on the home screen. I do yeah. think that Apple should devote some effort to revamping the iPad's multitasking because e like, even though I don't have an iPad Pro, I understand how the system works just because I like reading about that stuff. And I, I can, whenever I use an iPad Pro, I can navigate around it pretty easily, but there is a high learning curve and it's kind of uncharacteristic of iOS to be something where you have to like read about how to use it it's always been yeah. very straightforward. And that's yeah. one thing that even makes the Mac pretty um, uh, like distinct from the iPad is that it's pretty self-explanatory. The cursor interaction is like the most straightforward um, UI that you can have other than touch and everything is very visible. Uh, so yeah. Mac OS is even more self-explanatory than iPad OS, 
even though it can do more things. So I think that iPadOS could use some revamping of the multitasking system to make it more yeah. usable. Yeah. And consistent. Yeah. And I, th I think that's been kind of a, a kind of a, um, a theme that we've been seeing recently with Apple with very low discoverability with things that shouldn't be that hard to discover, right. such as the different gestures for copy paste undo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are. Like, yeah, the the only way you would know about those is if you had watched the WWDC keynotes, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, and th like that's one reason I think 3D Touch failed because, like, it's a screen. Like, why would it suddenly be able to sense if you're pressing harder on it, and like, why would that do something different than a long press? Like, right. You're basically doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I. Yeah, I think that's why 3D Touch failed. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's one reason they never brought 3D Touch to the iPad. It's just kind of, it just kind of proves that it's unnecessary. If you're not willing to take a feature across the entire platform of devices, like from the iPhone to the iPad, not only is it never going to be supported, it shows that you don't really care that much about it. So it, yeah. it was an interesting idea, but I think that in general, UI decisions that you can't just like explain them very simply to an average person who doesn't know about them are not very good. So like if you if you can't just explain to a person why they should care about turning 3D touch on, they're, they're just gonna be like, yeah, it's too much to remember. I don't really need this. Yeah. So WWDC is gonna be online this year. Um, it's always been online for me because I've just always watched the keynotes, but um, I yeah. guess they're doing the developer yeah. sessions online too. I, I always yeah. just and watch I've watched the I've watched some of the sessions online in the past. They do put them up. Oh, cool. They don't do any of the labs online, but they do do the um, many of the sessions. Um, in especially in that main, the main room online, yeah. they're just kind of difficult to find, but mm -hmm. they do put them up. Do you think there are going to be any hardware announcements at WWDC, like the Tile alternative? I would hope, but I'm not expecting it. The Tile, the Apple Tile or whatever, um, hasn't been rumored like at all in the last couple of months, so I'm not really expecting it. Um, yeah, and I can't Even, think of anything else that they would want to show off. So it would yeah. be weird if that was just the one thing. Yeah. Maybe the the rumored um, Apple glasses or the AR glasses or whatever they're going to be called. Yeah, I've seen something about um, They've how they been might... heavily rumored right. recently. I, I've, I think I, I've seen something about the possibility of unveiling them in the fall even though they wouldn't be shipping yeah. until sometime like late next year. So I'm going to say, I, I'm going to bet that they're not going to be announced at WWDC, but maybe at the fall event. Um, yeah. And actually speaking of the yeah. fall event, do you think that the iPhone 12 announcement event is going to be uh, like around the same time as usual, or do you think they'll delay it? I think the announcement will probably be normal about the normal time but uh, i i would expect the actual release and shipment of 
the next generation would be delayed by a month or a couple months or whatever um, just because of current events. What current um, events? But... <laughs> JK, JK. Um, so, yeah, I think that that sounds likely. I don't think that they would want to put off the announcement because um, it, it, like the individual release of an iPhone doesn't matter too much to Apple. They're, they tend to look at things much, much more big picture. So I don't think they're going to feel the need to try to maximize the press around a given iPhone announcement. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that the announcement will be around September, but the, the shipment might be October or later. And actually, like, an October or November shipment is not uncommon. Like, the iPhone ten didn't get actually shipped until, like, November 3rd of 2017 or something like that. So they're, yeah. not, they're not, it's not rare for them to delay the shipment of products. So it, there's, if there's any good time to delay it, it's in a pandemic. Yeah. So what are you expecting to be different about the iPhone 12? Um, I'm expecting a, the, going back to the iPhone 4 design with the kind of more boxy shape, flat edges, I hope so. uh, similar to the iPad Pro. Um, I think that would be a welcome change. Um, it would allow them to get away with maybe making the phone a little bit thicker for maybe better battery life. Oh, yeah, true. Um, maybe even a larger camera, although I haven't seen any rumors on that. Do you think other than maybe a... the addition of lidar, right? I was like on the iPad Pro. Yeah, I think that's pretty likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm hoping for promotion. Um, it seems like a lot of flagship phones seem to be moving that way, like Samsung and um, many others. OnePlus kind of leading the right leading the way with that one and promotion um, on the ipad pro is like so good i would love to have that on a phone oh yeah definitely i i would want it on a mac even though there would be no real advantage for it <laughs> yeah um so you were mentioning some stuff about exploits and the, the oh, uh, under that category <laughs> you have the x-ray camera on the OnePlus 8 Pro. So explain that. I saw a headline about that. Yes. <laughs> so the uh, the latest phone from OnePlus, the well, the higher-end phone from OnePlus, the OnePlus 8 Pro, has, you, you know, your standard cameras. Um, in addition to a what they're calling a photochrome sensor, um, it is basically an IR camera just there's really no use for it it's on there but it's yeah it's just one of the gimmicks the problem with it though is it can kind of see through thin dark plastics and some clothing <laughs> um, yeah. it was all over Twitter people are taking pictures of their like remotes and Apple TVs and things and you can see the stuff inside it <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and like, even through, like, you can put like something behind like a thin shirt or something. And with the camera, you can see what's behind it. 
like if you put like an iPhone box, which is one of the things I saw on Twitter, you put an iPhone box behind your shirt, you take a picture, you can see the cover like on the like with the iPhone on the front with its wallpaper and stuff. Wow. Very clearly. That's great. Which is very concerning. I, I don't know why <laughs> they have since they... temporarily temporarily disabled that camera. I, so I don't know why they would sign off on that if they realized people would be stupid with it. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> um, so what's this thing you have in the notes about Sony? So. Sony actually, years and years ago, in late 90s, they had a cam camcorder with a, not only just your standard, you know, your standard color sensor, it had an IR sensor in it as well. Same problems. <laughs> so you'd think that maybe you'd do research and look at that and decide to not put an IR camera in your phone. Um, Sony did remove it. I believe it was Sony. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was Sony. They removed it very quickly. So there weren't very many made. It was only one camcorder model, but it was removed very quickly gotcha. for the same reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like IR photos. I don't know how like good the phone sensors are at taking those, but whenever I see pictures that are taken with IR cameras and it's with this weird like black and white effect, it's interesting, but not yeah. not when it's x-rays that can see through clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, I mentioned something about the Thunderbolt exploit earlier, but I didn't really um, know the details about that. So it looks like it gives access to the ports or the device while asleep or encrypted. So um, encry yeah. <laughs> encryption goes out the window. And yep. even when you're in boot camp, oh yeah, I remember seeing even if you're on boot camp and it's actually worse in. on on boot camp. Oh yikes! Yeah. <laughs> so 2011 yeah. to 2020, dang it! I should have waited another year. <laughs> um, yeah. So the to memory, dang. Yeah. So that that yeah. So the the exploit basically allows direct access to memory um, from Thunderbolt no matter what. It's wow. it's a hardware issue, so it can't really be fixed in software unless you do something to the memory. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it any computer with a Thunderbolt port has the issue. It is worse on Windows computers, um, like Boot Camp and whatnot. Um, so Microsoft actually did not even include Thunderbolt 3 on the latest Surface Book. Oh, wow. Which is kind of unfortunate because Thunderbolt 3 is kind of a neat connector. Uh, but it's unfortunate that yeah. it's very insecure. <laughs> oh, speaking of Thunderbolt, I just remembered one of the things that I miss about my old MacBook Air is the MagSafe charger. That's like the one thing that I would go back to if I could. So it would, yeah. it would just disconnect if there was any tension. But um, yeah. with this one, I have to be nervous about tripping over a cable and sending the whole thing crashing down. But that's like yeah. the only issue that I have with the new ones, yeah. other than the headphone jack being on the wrong side. Yeah. 
Although you can buy um, adapters that are like fake MagSafe. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just power. There's no data, but mm -hmm. yeah, and it does stick out a little bit. So it's not as convenient as MagSafe, but it does exist if you absolutely hate not having MagSafe. Yeah, I, I might consider getting one of those just to see how it how it is compared to MagSafe. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think they're that expensive. Mm -hmm. So iOS 13.5 is already jailbroken. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was released, when was it released? Two, three days ago, right? Three days something, ago, maybe? Something like that. At the, at the time of recording. And the day it was released, a jailbreak was announced. It wasn't released to the public yet, but it was announced. The day after, it was released to the public. <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Have you have you done jailbreaking before? Uh, I have in the past. I think the last time I did it was iOS nine. I don't remember which variant of iOS nine, but iOS nine on an iPhone five S. Gotcha. I've never jailbroken an iPhone, but I've seen some of like the tweaks that people have for jailbroken software, and it, some of them look very good, like better than some of Apple's own designs. So at, oh, the, yeah. at the very least, even if jailbreaking is totally insecure, it's good for design tips for Apple to take into account. But um, oh yeah, I, I would personally Apple actually has that. taken um, taken some features from the jailbreak community into um, some uh, past versions of iOS. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't remember any specifics off the top of my head, but I know there has been more than one occasion where that has happened. <laughs> Yeah, great artists steal. Yep. <laughs> um, so wait, do you use Edison Mail or did you just see about this exploit? Um, I have tried it in the past. Um, I did try out Spark Mail for a, a little while, but I'm back to Apple Mail because it's just convenient. Even though it launches randomly <laughs> with Google accounts, it's really weird and super annoying. So please fix it. <laughs> But I have tried Edison Mail. Um, it's got a nice UI. I I like it. It's a mail app. It works. Whatever. And their most um, recent UI update was letting you see strangers' emails. That's fun. Yes. <laughs> um, not intentionally, but yeah, they did. Yeah, you were able to see strangers' emails. It's like those white elephant gift exchanges, except it's with your emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, they have since rolled back that update, so um, that's good. Hopefully, there's a fix coming soon. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, FBI versus Apple is continuing. Um, what's your personal opinion? Oh, that's opinion never on ending. This? Yeah, what's your personal opinion on this conflict? I like privacy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. I think, yeah. I think it's kind so, of funny like, that the government thinks that it's possible to have a backdoor that's only accessible to them. And they they keep no. on using the same talking point of Apple's trying to resist helping them with criminal investigations. But not only is that not true, because Apple does help them where they can, It's they, they are just ignoring the massive ethical implications that come with a universal backdoor that um, yeah. I'm kind of surprised they don't have any response to that point. They kind of just 
repeat their talking point about trying to stop uh, crime. But the biggest yeah. crime is when the government just wants to surveil everybody constantly. So uh, even if that's not their end goal with this, it's best to prevent anything that could eventually down the road set the precedent or set up a future, not necessarily surveillance state even, but just unethical government practices. So I think that it, that, that privacy for individuals definitely wins in that um, it, when we're making trade-offs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, the FBI apparently was able to get into that one phone that they were trying to access quite easily, uh, or at least in terms of how creative the solution was. It was just a brute force password guesser, if I remember correctly. And um, uh, yeah, I've always yeah. been fascinated by how um, um, how secure passwords get just by adding like a few extra characters or variations with um, the types of characters you use. I think we might have oh, even yeah. talked about this on a previous episode, but have you checked out howsecureismypassword.net? I think a while ago. Okay. I need to check. I'm actually, I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> um, um, so it, it, you can just type your password into the text field on the website, and it tells you how long it would take a password guesser to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Seven quadrillion years. Whoa, nice. Um, that's just my computer login. That's not even like anything. Like my computer log, it's long, but it's not my longest password or more, <laughs> most complex. Nice. My, I'm going to enter my most complex password. Ah, I found an even longer one. <laughs> Dang, okay, my most complex password would take three million years. How about 263 decillion years? Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think that's 263 followed by 10 zeros, I think. Dang. So... Yeah, some passwords are definitely more secure than others. So if you try try just typing oh, no. password. 10 followed by 33 zeros. Whoa, okay. So if, if you use the password password, it just says it would be cracked instantly. So if you do password123, that would take a month. If you do password <laughs> exclamation point, it would take two hours. So... Even if you're using um, like special characters like exclamation points, the simpler the word is, the faster it's guessed. So I'm actually curious if the password crackers, um, like the uh, the automated versions of them, if they take into account how common certain passwords are. I think they they have to. That's why some of them are so much more secure. But like, yeah, um, it's interesting how you you could train an AI algorithm to know what the most common passwords are but you could also just bypass it by doing a simple but uncommon password so yeah interesting yeah. like for example my six digit iphone password would take 25 microseconds to same. find yeah that's mine too like mine is the exact same time although it'd probably take longer because of delays and brute forcing right but. 
So even if you just do... Use a password manager. <laughs> yeah. I actually have not used one, but I've seen a lot of ads for those, and I feel like I should probably get one. I, I use I use um, I use one password. Apple has one too. It's yeah. Keychain. Oh yeah, actually no. Uh, I that do one works. Have, it's free. Yeah, I have iCloud Keychain. I turned it on when I was transferring my data from my old MacBook Air to my new Pro, and I can. I I'm glad that I turned on iCloud Keychain because I would have otherwise I would have had to remember all my passwords because I used sometimes like different variations or totally different passwords. But um, oh, yeah. now I can just use Touch ID to enter any password that's been saved to keychain um so yeah. try this and like oh sorry sorry go ahead not like 90 percent of my passwords i don't know yeah because they're just random strings of characters or like random combinations of words that my password manager generated right. and then it just filled it in for the password and like signing up for whatever service or website or whatever so i don't know it the password manager knows it. I autofill it. That's it. Like yeah. I never have. I've never typed. Well, for most websites, I've never typed in a password. <laughs> Dang. I should look into getting one of those. So on the on on that website, try just typing in uh, like a bunch of consecutive zeros and see how how increasingly long it takes. So eventually, you get after like ten zeros or so. You get to three seconds and then to 25. Now I'm at four minutes, 42 minutes, seven hours, three days, four weeks, 10 months, eight years. So like if you just did like 20 zeros in a row, that's kind of funny how it's more secure than um, even some very common passwords. But I guess it's yeah. like nobody would expect you to use zero, 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 zero for your password. Also, notice there's a pattern. It's just a decimal that they're using for whatever this long string of zeros. It's, it starts with 972 and then goes to something else, but it, it's rounded, so you never really see the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's always 8-something years, 79-something years, then 792-something years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, okay. Now I'm seeing it. <laughs> That's well, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So cryptography is pretty cool. Um, okay, so what else do we have? So there are some products that have been leaked or revealed through accidental software mishaps, like where you can just see images stored in iOS of new products. So. Um, what do you think the headphones are going to be called? Do you buy into the AirPods Studio theory? I think of what I've heard so far, that sounds the most Apple-like. Um, HeadPods don't. That, that that sounds weird. I don't. I wouldn't see Apple making HeadPods. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe everyone will be buying HeadPods. Yeah. Um, that sounds really weird. I hope they don't go with that one because that one sounds really weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they will. So do you think 349 is a reasonable price point? That's what you have in the notes. I don't remember if that was rumored or if it was just one that you, I you think, had guessed. I, yeah, I think that was one of the rumors. I'm actually expecting um, kind of 399 um, because of 
you know, air quotes, Apple tax. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's probably going to be like some feature in there that's like totally different. Right. Apparently uh, they'll be reversible. Touch surface or something. Although Sony does that one, but um, yeah. something, something different that they'll be like, okay, that's a interesting feature. We'll charge more for it. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. I... I'm hoping 349 because mm -hmm. that's in line with most other headphones out there. Well, uh, specifically noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. Um, from the likes of Sony and Bose. Although Microsoft has a new one that's 300 or 250. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. um, I've read that um, but, yeah. Apple's headphones might be reversible, so there's no right way to put them on. That would be kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that I, would be interesting. I'm, I'm going to bet against AirPod Studio for the name because the use of the uh, word pods it, like misleads you into thinking that it's earbuds. I think pod specifically refers to like a small um, type of thing. Like the iPod was small. Um, there were ear pods, which were specifically um, you know, like earbuds. I think that they'll come up with a different name for it other than AirPod Studio, even though that would be consistent with the rest of the naming scheme. I yeah. feel like they'll have something else. Like, not HeadPods, yeah. but I think they might use Air in the name. I don't know. I'll think about that. But if, if I were yeah. Apple, I would go with a more creative name. But AirPod Studio yeah. is still a safe bet. So yeah. you think those will and be... And those now? Microsoft ones were 250 Oh, wow, so okay. So $100 cheaper than most of the competition, which That's is good. pretty cool. Yeah. So do you think that um, those will be announced in the fall, like alongside the iPhone, or potentially at WWDC? I don't know. I would expect in the fall alongside the iPhone. I wouldn't expect there be, to be very much software that developers could access in the headphones yeah, true. unless that, that if if there were then i would expect it at wwdc yeah um but since there's probably not i wouldn't really see there being a lot of apps for your headphones um i would expect it alongside the iphone i wonder how long before the announcement of the like airpods would we have seen um images of them in iOS. Like, is the fact that in iOS 13.5 we're seeing images of the um, AirPod Studio or whatever, is that a tip-off that they're coming soon? Or is that like a normal time frame for when we would start seeing them referenced? Because if we're seeing them in iOS, I wonder if that's a sign that they'll be coming sooner than we think. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have a reference for how early you know, the images have been leaked. I don't really remember. I remember specifically the AirPod one with the device tapping on it. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't remember how long before the HomePod that was. Mm -hmm. I think I called the HomePod an AirPod. Same um, thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. think every, everybody <laughs> kind of forgot the HomePod existed because yeah. um, other than that price drop, nothing has happened to it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to bet there's going to be some different name for the AirPods Studio, but there, I don't know, there could be, um, it, it could be that, I don't know.
So yeah. there's another headphone that you have in the notes. I don't even, are you, are you supposed to say this in a specific way or you just, do you just say Sony WH-1000XM4? Is there any other more succinct name for it? Nope. <laughs> okay. So are you um, interested in the Sony WH-1000XM4? <laughs> um, I've, I've been looking at the um, XM3s. That's another way to say it. Just negate the first half of it. I'm not going to do that. More than the, whole the first half of it and just say XM3. That's the current one. Um, that's kind of... Uh, that one and the Bose QC35 II, I think. Why do they have such uh, Those are like the names. two leading noise-canceling headphones. Um, and this, the next generation of the Sonys, the XM4s, have been um, rumored slightly. Um, and they, it looks like they might support multiple devices, hmm. which would be interesting. Yeah. So you could use your, which the um, the Microsoft ones do support that. So that's a bonus for the cheap Microsoft ones. But having multiple devices paired would allow you to be listening to stuff, let's say, on your Mac, and you get a call on your phone, you pick it up with the headphones, and nothing really happens. It just works. Mm -hmm. You hear the, the phone call in your headphones, even though they were connected to your Mac. So seems a little bit more convenient than AirPods. I don't think they do that, but yeah. you have them, so you can say if they do. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So um, yeah. actually, we are running up at almost 50 minutes, so I think we should save the rest of our talking points for the next episode. What do you think? Uh, I mean, we don't really have very much left. We only have one one big thing and then we've got three things that we can cover in maybe five minutes <laughs> so um true. so do you want to just blast the room real quick yeah sure so what do you think of the ar glasses do you think they're going to be announced this year i would be very surprised if they are announced this year um, i would expect maybe next wwdc um, not this year but maybe next year okay uh, there hasn't there, there have been rumors and not really any leaks yet though. Yeah. Um, so I would expect more next year if we're as we um, kind of see more and more leaks and rumors because right now there's kind of more than one rumor on one product that kind of conflict. So mm -hmm. it's kind of unclear what the AR glasses are going to be like because there's two different rumors yeah so so yeah it's, it seems like it's something that's in development and they're not entirely sure what the shipping product is going to look like so i think yeah. that you're right that it's likely they'll just um uh announce it next year so yeah we shall see um yeah so okay we got a couple more things So, uh, one of the popular um, moving picture sharing platforms. Okay, Giphy, how, how do you pronounce the word GIF? I pronounce it GIF. 
because... You have to end the call now. It stands for <laughs> graphic. Yes, I, I know why. So I know it stands for something with a hard G, so I'm going to say it with a hard G. But the creator of the format says he wants it to be pronounced GIF. So don't you want to respect yeah, his intentions? Yeah, I don't intentions? care. <laughs> okay, well, um, well, we're going to have to... The platform for, for sure. sharing graphic interchange format <laughs> images <laughs> has been bought by Facebook. <laughs> Dang it, Facebook is taking away everything that I love. They yeah, are, so, like, personally out to get me. Facebook so no scary. more Mark Zuckerberg GIF gifts. <laughs> So, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I I didn't even use the app before. I didn't have the app. I'm but a I think hashtag images like, kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I had. Um, I, I think I've seen like extensions in Instagram where you can access Jiffy GIFs, but I don't even know. I, I, I don't remember what everything is called. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so buttonless controls on prototype headphone cord. So is that like, you? can you press the cord as if it's a button? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, it's super weird. So you, kind of like you would control like the inline um, headphones like I'm using now. Um, tap is pause, double tap is skip, and you know, all that stuff. But then you twist the cord, not like you know, like, roll it in your fingers. You, like, literally take the cord and you, like, wrap it over your, itself, but not as much, just, like, a little twist. And it will turn the volume up or down. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, if only... I don't really know how it works. ...were still a thing. They're so twenty. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still using one. <laughs> Bro, you gotta use your AirPods. Um, yeah, I actually, they don't fit my ears. <laughs> oh, that's a rip. Um, my, I think we were we were saying that the call quality on my AirPods is fine. I think previously, for some reason, it might have been something to do with the OS or my old laptop. I don't know. Previously, they didn't sound as good, but I think yeah. it's back to normal. Yeah, I remember previously we had a lot of a lot of issues with latency and yeah sound quality so yeah but now they're good yeah so yeah but i oh, they've all been fixed yeah. so so um even though apple has beaten samsung uh, samsung on o overall like customer satisfaction um i remember seeing that the galaxy note 9 was at the top of that individual smartphone list so yeah apple had higher overall yeah. and samsung had the higher individual phone so yeah. it was by a very uh, narrow margin. So Apple has an average of 82%. Samsung has 81 So yeah. it's just good that everybody's 81. happy. <laughs> Nobody needs to get mad at anybody over what smartphone they use. Just be nice to people, and everybody can be happy with the smartphone yeah. that they like. So yeah, good. Samsung actually makes really good phones, even though I don't really like their software. Yeah. Their phones are made very well. Yes. So. The build quality has definitely gotten better over the past few years. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially the the, the Note Nine. That's a that's a high quality phone right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I had not used Notion in a while, the note-taking app, but it's what you're hosting yeah. the show notes on, and you're saying it's now free. So what was the previous like business model that prevented it from being 100% free? So the previous business model, they had like a trial, like a like they had a free version, but you could only have a thousand blocks, which was like a checkbox, a database, a bullet point, a paragraph, you know, any, you know, block, like they're called blocks, like an image or anything. Yeah. Uh, you can only have a thousand of those before you had to upgrade to $4 a month. They have since removed that. So now... <laughs> You can use Notion for basically anything. The only thing, the only two things limiting you would be the five megabyte file upload size, which I haven't hit, um, or sharing this page, like the page, um, and collaborating with more than five people. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm going to collaborate with more than one, more than five people on a thing. So I'm probably not going to pay the four dollars a month which for all that this thing does, that is not a bad price. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember thinking that the uh, it, it was a pretty good product, but I decided not to use it because of that size limit. But now yeah. I think I might revisit that. Yeah, it is immensely powerful. It's just like dipping your foot into it, may, it may feel very overwhelming mm-hmm. because of, you know, like, all the different database views and links and all all that it's very very powerful how does it without that thousand block limit Hmm, it's kind of easy to recommend to everyone yeah how does it compare to bear for you do you still use bear regularly um i have since switched pretty much completely over to notion um i still have bear i have the plus subscription till i think next february Mm -hmm. so i'll probably occasionally use it um but i just like the the power that notion has i there's kind of no reason for me to use a second app that one app can do totally fine and really well at that too Mm -hmm. so Cool. So um, that brings us all the way through our notes. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I think that I think we got everything. Okay. So yeah. Um, as usual, um, we can be found on Twitter. I am at Uluru Speaks. And you can find me on Twitter at that human Jason. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been a, another episode, or we should say the first episode of the Central <laughs> Podcasting Unit. And it's been great talking about stuff, Jason. Hopefully we will not have a, what, eight-month, six-month break between this and our next episode. <laughs> so um, yeah. thanks, everybody. Have a good week, and we will talk later.